High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. School is out and it's Friday night. I'm all wrapped up and I feel alright. Hello, out of Malibu. This is all we want to do. I'm at the high school, baby, young girl. Welcome, ACADEC members, GSA members, PTA members, and 4-H members. Oh, and a special shout-out to my friends in the JV hockey team today. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening, but first, school is still in session. I know it's 8th period on a Friday, but we still have some lessons to go over. Your homework assignment was to watch today's film, D3, The Mighty Ducks. Obviously the third in the franchise here. I'm sure you guys are more familiar with the first two installments of the series, so before we take a deep dive with our guest Chris Carroll today, I picked up a copy of the novelization from our Nicolas Cage Memorial High School Library to bring you guys up to speed. Yes, this film is a novelization, and yes, it is amazing. Ahem. <clears throat> So here's an excerpt I picked out from Chapter 11. Goldberg collapsed in the locker room floor. Somebody get a shovel and bury me right here, he groaned. They were exhausted, drained, demoralized. They sat around the locker room with their heads down and shoulders slumped, too tired to even complain. The locker room door flew open. It was Coach Orion. They all jumped suddenly to attention. Orion had an announcement to make. The Eden Hall Academy requires that you maintain a C average to compete. I believe that's a bad rule. The team, surprised, reacted enthusiastically. And it turned out, a tad prematurely. I don't want any C players on my team, he said. He turned a sour face to the letter C. On my team, you'll be required to maintain a B grade point average, or you'll be riding the pine pony. <laughs> You have 15 minutes after practice to clear your locker room. You have homework to do. Maybe I should be more like Coach Orion with this homework. And maybe, maybe in that case, John Cusack wouldn't block me. Okay, here's another excerpt from the end of the book. High above the ice, a homemade sign was unfurled from the rafters. It depicted the ducks in warrior colors. The crowd erupted in joyous approval. Linda huddled up to Charlie. She gave him a big kiss on the cheek. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie followed the rope that led from the rafters down to the corner of the arena. He beamed. It was Gordon Bombay. He was smiling at Charlie like a proud father. Charlie fought his way through the cheering crowd to the entrance of the tunnel. Gordon stopped and turned to look at Charlie over his shoulder. He nodded. Goodbye, Charlie. He continued walking and was gone. Charlie smiled. He turned and saw Coach Orion being hoisted on the shoulders of his teammates. He threw himself into the crowd. Charlie was lost in his embrace and happy. 
Hmm, let's see if there's any other good excerpts I can find. By the way, this is written by a man named Jonathan Schmidt, obviously based on characters created by other people, but I always wonder who write these novelizations. Anyway, let me see... Oh, looks like we have a call on our high school dream phone hotline. Let's see who it is. Uh, oh, hello. Is this Brian? Michael Manzi, co-founder of the Cage Club Podcast Network. What? Thank you for gracing us with your presence. What's up? Oh, yeah, nothing much. You know, I was just, um, had this, my ears were burning, and I just had this, uh, I was compelled to just give you a call. Um, I can't help but wondering... Are you reading from a novelization right now? I am, actually. Oh, of course, because you are the host of Third Times a Charm, another great show on the Cage Club Podcast Network. I love your your novelization segment there, so I thought, I don't know, it's a third movie, D3 Mighty Ducks. I thought I would uh, read from a novel. hope that's okay. Well, you know what, Ryan? Um, ordinarily, someone might be a little upset with someone else <laughs> stealing their bit. Uh, but I'll tell you what, in this, in this case, I'm going to let it slide. And if you want, you may continue, uh, doing this segment. Uh, but just this once, if I catch you again, <laughs> you might risk expulsion. Thank you. I do not want to be canceled. Thank you. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> uh, by the way, third time's a charm. I love that show. You know, I've been on it. I was on the Rocky three episode. I am going to be on Godfather three episode. Michael Manzi. When, when does that show air? The third of the month, right? Yeah, so at the moment, that new episode's the third of every month. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, we will not be doing Mighty Ducks 3 for quite a while. So go right ahead. Have your fun. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Michael Manzi, for calling. Drop in any time. Thanks for picking up. I never mind hearing from that man. Mike Manzi, everyone. What a class act. <laughs> You kids know what that sound means. Pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Let's open this week with the way that D2, the Mighty Ducks, closed out, with We Are the Champions. Class dismissed. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes... I've made a few I've had my shells and kicked in my bed
So I'm always happy to be in your ranger's room, Chris. It, it's this is this is a legitimate hockey room. You have your Ryan Leach poster, your Graves poster, Lundquist. Who didn't make the room? Um, I was gonna get uh, something for Zabenajad, but you know he's a little new on the team. Yeah, I, I got to get Jeff Bukaboom. He, he's got to be in here. <laughs> the enforcer. But it's clear your Rangers fandom starts early 90s, you know. Yeah. You don't go back before you were, like, alive. No. Like Ron, I, Ron Duguay. I honestly couldn't tell you that much about those Rangers, but... So being a big Ranger fan, you still go to a lot of games, right? I think I went to around 13 or 14 this year. Wow. I mean, it wasn't the best year for the Rangers. Sorry. I, I had fun, but they didn't They didn't have so much fun. <laughs> what was your? Uh, what's your best... I guess, memory being at a Rangers game. Something about hockey, right? Like, watching hockey live is one of the best... It's like one of the best sports to watch live. It's good on TV, but it's great live. It's amazing no matter where you sit. Uh, It's the speed and everything. It's just great. No matter where you sit, you're going to have fun. It's not like football. If you sit up top, you're going to be watching ants. Like, it's just (laughs) different. But uh, my, my best memory happened this year, I'd say. I went to a game while I was watching the warm-ups. They asked me if I wanted to be in a human puck race in between periods. Oh, like on the ice? Yeah. Oh, I, that's awesome. And I ended up, I was, I, I said yes uh, hesitantly because I'm not a very social person. I don't like, I didn't want 18,000 people staring at me, but I was like, I'm never going to get to go on the ice at Madison Yeah, Square no, Garden, I mean, so. that that's, rare, rarely do people get that honor. So I, I'm, the lady comes and she says oh, she'll come get me in between the second and third period, like 10 minutes until the second and third period. Um, Once it's hitting around the almost 10-minute mark, I start getting nervous because I know she's coming. I know I'm about to go out on the ice. So I start farting. (laughs) I'm just just trying to get them out before I'm down there. (laughs) And right as I fart really bad, she comes and picks me up uh, to go down there, and I end up crop dusting my whole row of people. Oh. So I, I think they were probably all rooting against me during the race because I just dusted them. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, then then uh, I put on the, the human hockey puck suit. I'm so nervous down there. I, I get off to a horrible start, but I end up winning the race, and I won a cruise. So Whoa, I'm, awesome. Yeah, I'm going on a cruise this year. Because the Rangers, so. So, like, I always think, like, are these things rigged? No, it's not rigged. I won, uh, and I'm a champion. (laughs) But you weren't on skates, right? No, no, I was wearing, we had ice shoes on. They they were, uh, they're basically like cleats, but you just put them around your shoe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was. So you got to compete in an athletic competition in Madison Square Garden and won. Growing up as a child, it's it's not exactly the com- like the the match I'd want to win on the ice at Madison Square Garden, but it's something, you know. <laughs> it, it, I didn't, you know, I'm almost I'm 31 years old now. Uh, I'm definitely not going to win any hockey games on the ice. My my career is over. <laughs> awesome, that's really cool. Yeah, that's definitely the best part of my childhood growing up a Rangers fan. <laughs> not a Ducks fan. Uh, you know. Mighty Ducks actually got me into hockey, though. Like, I remember my uncle brought home the VHS tape of Mighty Ducks, and and that that's what my first introduction to hockey really was, I think. I, it's so awesome because, like, 
I feel like a lot of people in our generation, like you, you had your first team, whether we're, where we grew up, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, maybe, but like you always had a soft spot for for the Mighty Ducks. Dis- Disney Disney won, you know, because they they like bought that team, they made that team, and then they made us like love that team. But I see today you're wearing your awesome Ducks hat. I need to take a photo of it. I'm gonna take a photo right now so I can post it on the Facebook. That is. An awesome thing. You have, you have a Banks thing too, right? Yeah, I've got uh, Banks on the Hawks, the t-shirt. So it's safe to say that you are a Mighty Ducks fan. This is D3, though, we're talking about today. And my guest today is Chris Carroll, Christopher Carroll. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. So we introduce our guests on the show. Well, the guests introduce themselves by saying their full name and their high school and graduating class. I'm uh, Christopher Carroll. I went to Northern Valley, Old Japan, and I graduated in 2005. Yes, so we went to high school together. Yeah. And you were actually on the hockey team, right? Well, yeah, I, I played JV. I played varsity one game, and then I broke my leg in an unrelated incident. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you, hockey fan, you still play hockey, kind of, right? Yeah, I play every weekend. I play roller. So hockey fan, Mighty Ducks fan. So you mentioned, uh, you know, that, I mean, I mentioned you're a Rangers fan because we're in your Rangers room. Maybe I'll take pictures of that. Um, How did you get into the Rangers? Well, when I was a kid, my mom worked for Volvo, and Volvo had box seats for the Rangers and the sixth row also. So I I grew up a Rangers fan instead of a, a Devils fan, even though I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, you would have had more cups, but... Yeah, you know, it, it was hard growing up a Rangers fan. They lost a lot when I was a kid, but uh, there's something about the Rangers that it's just a lot more special to me than the Devils. I, I just, no offense to Devils fans, <laughs> I just think they're they're, they're just not the same. This Rangers are original six hockey team. You know? Madison Square Garden, too. Yeah. Th- th- I love the roof, you know. I mean, I, I, again, I'm I'm a New York guy, so... So Madison Square Garden means a lot to me. But uh, you mentioned that your uncle brought over the original Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So, I mean, same for me. Like, I There's two things that really got me. I'm not as big a hockey fan as you are, but obviously I still watch. We were watching Stanley Cup Finals here the other day. The thing that like got me into just watching hockey was, yes, the Mighty Ducks. Like, awesome. When you see that movie, original Mighty Ducks we're talking about. It's like so freaking cool, and you just want to play hockey. And the other thing was like the NHL games, like the NHL video games. Oh yeah, NHL '94. That that game also changed my life. Was, uh... I, I probably played through my childhood growing up. I've probably played like over a thousand games of NHL. So you played hockey in high school. What were you like in high school? I guess. I mean, I know, but t- tell our audience what kind of kid you were in high school. Oh, uh, I was I was definitely a little strange. I didn't really. I wasn't popular. I definitely was not popular. But I, I don't. I don't think I was a loser either. I was kind of in the middle somewhere. That's fair. I started. I made my own website as a kid because I thought it would help me get girls. But it <laughs> definitely repelled them away from me. It, it's basically what YouTube is now. Uh, so. You invented YouTube, one would say. I kinda. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember Chris Carroll. TK. 
What was was Doc TK free? Was that why? Yeah, it was free. <laughs> uh, me and Dan Kim came up with it. He got he introduced me to the whole dot TK thing, and basically me and him started the site. It, it was great because it was really like you and some friends just like making awesome like little movies and. They're really ahead of its time. What happened? What would happen now if I logged into ChrisCarroll.tk? I don't think it exists anymore. I think I don't know what does happened. Ta- does to it. .tk still exist? You know, I have my computer right now, and I'm gonna look this up. I know it was it was something from an island. Okay. It says Safari cannot open page because server cannot be found. It might have disappeared. Maybe you didn't pay your 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 free website dues. Nah. .tk. No, but I remember it was like really cool website. So, um, I mean, I know you did that, and you did hockey. So I have to bring this up, and it's something that Kyle um, has said. I don't know if it's been on podcast, but we've talked about, which was like almost close to a high school slumber party. But I just want you to confirm if this actually happened. So, so Kyle, my former partner on PS, I love Hoffman. We went to school together with Chris. So apparently. You were over Kyle's mother's house. Well, Kyle's house, very late. And Kyle's mother asked if anyone wanted cookies. Just to set the scene. It's very late. You said yes. And bless her heart, Mary Reinfried, Kyle's mother went downstairs and baked you fresh cookies in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was like 2 a.m. And (laughs) that day, we had just bought a bunch of strange videotapes at a garage sale. And um, we were watching, I think we were watching Die Hard or something like that at like 2 a.m. She comes in and asks if we need anything, like a snack or You guys were probably anything. being loud and she probably wanted to go to bed. Yeah. So she nicely walked uh, in like to, <laughs> to say. And as a kid, I didn't have much awareness, I guess. And she offered to make us cookies and she made me brownies or cookies, some type of brownie cookie at 2 a.m. because <laughs> I just said yes. I don't think I even really ate too many of them. I just, I just said yes. So it was a rude child, I guess. And Bless her heart. Yeah, she's a, she's a very nice lady. <laughs> Bless her heart because that is a great high school slumber party story, <laughs> having the mom make cookies at 2 a.m. Sorry, I, I just remembered that, and I wanted to confirm it with you here. No, so- it's true. So live on record, Chris forced Kyle's mom to make cookies at 2 a.m. Were you, did you even watch the Mighty Ducks in high school? I feel like I was like too cool for it for a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely (laughs) a a disconnect from, I don't think I watched the movie for a good decade for a while, but, you know, I, I watched them recently. They're still they still hold up. They're not like you watch some kids' movies and they're awful. Like yeah, you, like you can't you can't like you just can't make it through the whole thing. You can make it through the Mighty Ducks movies, especially. I think that they the first one. There's silly moments, but it's the most believable. Yeah, like the, like I think the puck goes through like the yeah it goes the through the net and there's yeah. like fire when uh, Fulton shoots it. Yeah, and that's silly. And the flying V, you know, is probably you know not. Yeah, that, I don't, not I don't think it would work very well, but. <laughs> But on the other hand, you know, later like D two, while it's still very fun, and even if you watch it now, it's still very fun. It's silly that like, no offense, Trinidad and Tobago, but there's no way you have a hockey team. Yeah, there's, there's not much ice over there. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think they'd have a team. They did have cool jerseys though. Yeah, the tie dye. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, or like Iceland being good, like. 
it would be really cool if Iceland had a good hockey team, but have you ever seen no, a, a hockey I've, player from Iceland? I've never heard of an Iceland <laughs> hockey team. I've watched Olympic hockey many times, and I, I've <laughs> never seen Iceland. They have, like, all black jerseys. Yeah, they are, they are some bad badass jerseys. They, they went with the same theme as the Hawks, the black and the blue. <laughs> I remember you were watching... Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was D1 or D2 like a couple of months ago, and you mentioned something that blew my mind and has really, since that day, influenced every day of my life. And that is your girlfriend pointing out, who'd never seen it, that I reminded her of Averman. Yeah, she she <laughs> never seen the movie before, and, and she's like, there's Brian on the screen, so... And I was like, oh my god. It made me really think, because... One, I kind of, like, we have similar hair, we both wear glasses. And you're very similar people, you're both wise-ass hecklers, so, you know. He, I know, and He's, I was like, he's oh, a troublemaker, no. just like you. It, like yeah. a little bit an instigator, and I was yeah. like, oh my god. Because growing up, I hated Averman. Yeah, he, you hated yourself, <laughs> I guess. And I ended up hating myself. Yeah. It's so <laughs> sad. But we finally get to this one, D3, and... People might be wondering, what the hell are you talking about the Mighty Ducks on a high school podcast? But this is a high school film. Mm -hmm. The Ducks are in high school from 1996. When did the first one come out? It's really close together. Oh, 1992. 1992, so 92, 96. It's like the first one, I remember it was like a sleeper hit. Nobody thought it was going to do well. Because it was just like a little stupid popcorn movie like you saw so many of them in the 90s like with sports teams it did amazing it like brought Emilio Efsas back by the way Rotten Tomatoes like the critical score for the Mighty Ducks is 18% that's one of the worst scores it's not very ever. good that's no. bullshit yeah <laughs> that might that's the best one I think it deserves a little better than that definitely a little better that's the oh for sure but I, I look it's silly but a whole real life hockey team was named after it. The first Mighty Ducks is rated so poorly on Rotten Tomatoes that D3, the third in the series, which you think would be better, is rated 20%, which is higher. Yeah. It's still not a good score. No. <laughs> D2 is 21%. 21%. So I guess D2 is the best. but So of a trilogy, it's not rated very well. Even audience score for this one's 45. What's the audience score if you're looking at D2? Yeah, 85% on See, Google. the people like yeah, it, you yeah. know? Everybody the people the like Ducks. it. And I'm sure the first Mighty Ducks has a much better audience score than Critics score. So screw them. It spawned a real team. They're just the Ducks now because Disney sold them. They're no longer Mighty. I love that the year they became just the Ducks, I think they won the Stanley Cup. It's either that year or the year after. They didn't win as the Mighty Ducks. Somewhere around, I think it was 2003, around then. We'll have to check. Yeah, but we'll look it up. So how did you come to D3? Do you remember the first time you saw this one? I can't remember the first time I saw it, but it's definitely on VHS. Probably rented it from a, a video store or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, okay. I, again, the first one, it was someone like an uncle rented it or something. I uh, think we have like a similar story. He brought me. He brought home the uh, the VHS tape of it, and uh, I, I think I still have it. 
to this day. I remember, I remember seeing, yeah, I, I definitely, I don't know, I was probably in like my mom's house, but I definitely like owned the VHS uh, for D1. Then D2. So the VHS for D1 was like just the regular cover. Yeah, it was a regular paper. The box. paper, yeah. But D2, D2 came had out. the plastic. And yeah, they used yeah. the actual Dis- They got the Disney Respect Classic. Mm-hmm. Like the classic plastic, which is like the Lion King and shit have that, you yeah. know? So they're like, oh, this is That's like how a legit you know. thing. They took it up another level, the <laughs> D2. I don't remember like what D3's packaging was. D3 is one I saw. I remember being like, oh. They made a third one? Okay. Yeah, they, I don't think I own D3, actually. <laughs> I remember uh, Bernard, another person in entire high uh, school. Yeah, yeah he, he was he was into hockey as well, and he liked the Mighty Ducks. And I think he either rented or bought D3, and I remember watching it with him. And I was like, oh, okay. So if you're not familiar with D3, the Mighty Ducks, the high school film of the Mighty Ducks series... On this podcast, I do the feature where I read the back of the VHS cover. So I'm looking at it now, and the VHS for D3 was also in the fancy plastic. I remember it being like very beautiful because it had like the gold Mighty Ducks mask and Gordon Bombay on it. But fuck that, because really quickly, I have to mention this. Emilio Estevez is top build in this film. Gordon Bombay is featured prominently on all like the posters, and he's in this movie for like 15, 20 minutes. So I'm standing there waiting to use the payphone, and this guy who's on the phone turns around and tips his hat like this. And who do you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez. The Mighty Duck Man, I swear to God. I was like, Emilio! <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he definitely wanted too much money or something. <laughs> you have to imagine. I don't... Yeah, he's he's barely in the movie. <laughs> but you would never you would never know like if you went to the theaters and saw it. Um, Emilio Estevez and the original Ducks are back in this fast-moving comedy, starring the most popular hockey team in history. Wow. <laughs> After the Ducks win scholarships to a snooty private school. Since its inception, Eden Hall Academy has taken great pride in its tradition of excellence. So today, we proudly open our doors by a full scholarship to a truly gifted group of student-athletes. Hi. Coach Bombay announces that he's moving on to greener pastures with the Goodwill Games. Shortly after the team arrives at Eden Hall Academy, they inherit a new coach who turns out to be their worst nightmare when he strips Charlie Conway of the position of captain. Then, with their scholarships on the line, they face their toughest rival, a ten-time championship varsity team. The Ducks and their opponents engage in a series of hilarious pranks to warm up their battle on the ice. And in a thrilling and climactic third-period battle, the Ducks must prove why they are called the Mighty Ducks. The quack attack is back. What are your thoughts on that uh, that uh, VHS summary, I suppose? It's it's pretty accurate besides the most uh, popular team in hockey history. I, I can't give them that. But <laughs> it's basically exactly what happens in the movie. You don't even need to watch it. You're good now. They pretty much say everything. The one thing I'll say, too, is like... They were just in... I know it was the Goodwill Games, but for all intents and purposes, it's like the Junior Olympics, right? And they were just in that, and they won the gold medal. But some chump varsity team is their toughest opponent ever? Yeah, and they're a ten-time champion, but you're only going to school for four years, so (laughs) it's a a bunch of different guys. (laughs) Ten-time champion, but of, like, the Minnesota Prep Hockey League. Apparently, though... Yeah, they they could beat the world, but they're having trouble with the high school. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Minnesota, like 
prep schools are really big hockey schools. I mean, I don't want to say most, but a good percentage of American players come from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So, so I guess it's like tough, but not, not like the toughest opponent. Minnesota is basically what football is in Texas. Yeah, that's that's what it is for hockey. Like these, like the hockey team here, they're like popular jocks in this, and like. I feel like that's the football team in every other high school film. Yeah. And it's not bullshit because it's Minnesota. If it was somewhere else, like you were on the hockey team, like they definitely didn't take precedence over the football team. Oh, uh, no. We, we got no respect. Um, <laughs> we were we were a lot like the D1 team. We were awful. We would lose every game like nine to nothing. And and we, we had to pay to play. Like we didn't get fancy uniforms and equipment. They were pretty new too at the time, right? Like hockey wasn't it wasn't that many years at the at the school. Level. Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't around for that long. Most teams at that time didn't even I mean most schools they didn't even have hockey teams back then, so <laughs> we were kind of lucky to actually have one. So just want to get this stuff out of the way. The director uh, Robert Lieberman, there wasn't a single credit that I saw on his um, IMDb that I knew. So it's like they kind of just like swap this guy in. Um, the, the cast. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over the cast and tell me who is missing. Okay, we have Emilio Estevez as mentioned, hardly in it, but he's like the lead, and he probably he probably still got paid the most money for being in it for 20 minutes because they had to have him. Yeah, he's really the only big name actor in the whole movie. So. <laughs> no, because the coach who replaces him. Ted uh, Orion is the coach's name, but his Jeffrey Nordling, and I didn't really know him from. No, nah, I've never seen him anything else. No, um, a quick look. Uh, he was recently in Big Little Lies. That was important. He he was in twenty four shows. Seems like he does like TV stuff, but I don't really know him to be honest with you. Heidi Kling is Charlie's mom. Dean Buckley is played by David Selby. No, not really known names, but again, Charlie Conway returns as Joshua Jackson. Wait, sorry. Opposite. <laughs> Joshua Jackson returns as Charlie Conway. Joshua Jackson became like a decent star, right? Dawson's Creek. Yeah, biggest thing he's from, I'd say Dawson's Creek, and he did some other teen movies. Yeah, know? like The Skulls. I know yeah. he's married to, what's her name? She's really pretty. She's from National Treasure. She's like a German actress. He was married to her. Diane Kruger. So, Charlie's back. Weird, Joss Ackland, or Joss Ackland, is Hans. Hans is back. But Hans wasn't in the second one, right? No, it was his brother. It's Hans' brother. I thought Hans died when I saw the second one. They, they kind of made it like he died. I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. It just seems like they couldn't like get him for this one. Yeah, he, he probably wanted too much money, too. So you, Fulton Reed is back. So Fulton Reed, I think, is all, in all three, right? Yeah, he's in all three. Played by Eldon Henson. And, and it, you mentioned this when we were coming in. Like He always... He doesn't play like he always plays like wimps. No, this this the only movie I've ever seen him tough in. Everything else, he's just like a dorky guy. Yeah, he he's on all like the Netflix uh, shows, um, the Netflix Marvel shows, uh, and Daredevil and stuff. The Defenders. He was in uh, Hunger Games, which we covered on PS. I love Hoffman, but he he's not like he was like he was like a mute in that. <laughs> it's funny because in the first one, he's like huge. He's like bigger than everybody, and he's like a tough, scary kid. And this one, he's at least everybody's height, if not shorter. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why they made him the uh, enforcer in the movie because he's he's the big guy in the first one. But by the time the third one comes around, everybody catches up to him. He's not that big anymore. Yeah, I wonder if he was like just like older than them, and then they just like 
got older. That's probably what it was. <laughs> that that's always a funny thing. So uh Goldie Goldberg as he's he's credited as. Like whatever, he's Goldberg. Goldberg's in this, played by Sean Weiss. That guy's really skinny now. He was a he was a like a star though of those Oh like, yeah. 90s films. My uh my favorite heavyweights. Ah, uh, heavyweights, yeah. yeah. Isn't Keenan in heavyweights as well? Yeah, Keenan's in heavyweights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Keenan Thompson. Now from people know him from Keenan and Kel or like the long he's the longest tenured member of SNL. You know Keenan. But uh Keenan Thompson's in this as well. But he wasn't in the first one, he's in the second one. I actually think I met him at a parking garage unless he was just some guy who pretended to be Keenan. So. <laughs> you would know. I'm, That's cool. I'm pretty sure it was him. Where were you? Like in I was in the city somewhere. This was like 10 years ago. That's cool. And I had a flip phone photo with him, but th- that phone's long gone. So, <laughs> so Keenan, Keenan, the innovator of the knuckle puck. You have yeah. Vincent LaRusso, who plays Adam Banks. He's in all three. Uh, as we mentioned, Lester Aberman, played by Matt Doherty. You know who's in all three? Who's like, doesn't even have a line? Uh, Guy Germain, or Guy Germain. Like, yeah, Guy, Guy's Guy, the, right? uh, he's the heartthrob. He, yeah, he likes he, he uh, dates Connie in the movie. Yeah, like, but they yeah. they have like a very small storyline. Yeah, he he's definitely a dork too. I, I don't know why they chose him to be the cool guy with the girlfriend. <laughs> so. Even in the first one, I thought that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I never thought of this guy like, oh, Guy Germain's really cool. <laughs> but. And he's in all three. Um, you mentioned Connie, his girlfriend, uh, Margar- Marguerite Moreau. Um, I know her from. She's in Wet Hot American Summer. She 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 had a bunch of like child roles. Like she's definitely a child star. Yeah. So Michael Cudlitz is his name. Cudlitz, Cudlitz. He's the redheaded guy, and he's from Walking Dead. Oh yeah, and uh, I think his name's Cole in the movie. Cole. Yeah. You want to know something funny? He's only two years younger than Gordon Bombay. Wow. Like he's only two years. Sorry, he's only two years younger than Emilio Estevez. Wow. He's like a <laughs> he's basically a grown man in this movie. He's supposed to be playing high school so, hockey. Everything, um, every time we talk about a movie, I always ask the guests, like, do they look like high schoolers? And I have to say, the kids look like high schoolers. Like, sorry, the JV, like, the Ducks look like high schoolers. But the varsity, yeah, they, they're like grown-ass men. I'm yeah, sorry. they look like at least 25 years old. Most what are they, like, supposed to be, like, one or two years older than them? Yeah, Three max? 17, 18 years old. <laughs> they're, like, they, they definitely play that to the effect. They're, like, 10 years older than them. Um, just other characters. I don't know someone named Rick, like Christopher Orr, uh, Dean Portman. He returns, even though you don't think he's gonna be back. Played by Aaron Lore. and oh, Luis Mendoza, Mike Vitar, uh, Ken Wu is back, played by Justin Wong, and the cowboy. I don't, maybe I skipped his name. I can't find him here. <laughs> it's uh, Dwayne. Dwayne's Dwayne. his name. I don't know his real name. Oh, Ty O'Neill, Dwayne Robertson. So who is not here? Who is absent from the Ducks? Because that VHS cover says the Ducks are back. They're not all back. The uh, the brothers, the the Oreo brothers. Yes. Okay, the first here. one I noticed, no Jesse here. But I don't think Jesse's brother's in the second one. Uh, yeah, I don't think he... The, the one, the Jesse's brother's not in the second one. And I, when I was a kid, I did not get that Oreo joke at all. I thought he was saying... <laughs> I always thought they line. were saying the Oreo line like the baseball team. <laughs> What's this? The Oreo line? It's yeah, because the two brothers are are black. And yeah. Who was the one in the middle? Who's the middle uh, of the Oreo line? I think it, I think it was Gee, Jermaine. I'm oh, not sure, but that that <laughs> one went way over my head. And... <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because 
there's no Jesse, and apparently... Now, I'm reading this now that Jesse just was like, fuck this, I don't want to be in this movie. Which is stupid, because he didn't really have, like, a career after this, but whatever. Like, he didn't want to be in this anymore, he was tired of it. It seems like they gave Keenan all the token black lines. My dad said I better stay in on scholarship or he whipped my butt. Yeah, he definitely did. He's like, oh, my hood's not like this. I, like, I wrote that down. Or, or like, he keeps making, like, for real. In these high school movies, especially in the 90s, there's always the token black guy, and that's that's Keenan. Like, there needs to be more brothers around here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, come on. <laughs> we get it. He's black. <laughs> Who else is missing? Uh, Danny Tamborelli. He's oh, Danny Tamborelli, yeah. And his sister. Yeah, his sister's not in it. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I mentioned it, Julie the Cat. She's yeah. back. She's actually like... So she's in D2, and she doesn't have that many lines in G- D2. She has a big moment, and she has that like... Yeah, she only plays the basically the last shot of the, the game. <laughs> they even put Keenan in goal before her. Yeah. <laughs> but but Julie the Cat, she has that like heart-to-heart with Gordon, and that's like really her big moment. And it's not even that long. Yeah, she says she would have stayed in Maine. She wants to play. Yeah. But here, she she's arguably like one of the stars, like one of the, the star kids. Yeah, she takes over because it makes a lot more sense to have a quick girl than slow gold, doofy Goldberg. <laughs> when I was a kid, and I don't know if you, you thought this too, when I was a kid, I thought like the better goalies were fat, you know, because they uh, could block the goal. Cause <laughs> yeah, it seems like it would work better, but once Goldberg goes down, he's not getting up. That's, <laughs> That's the, the problem. problem. He's not, not flexible. Goldberg sucks. No, nah, he's, gonna... he's terrible. He He's only the circumstance. He's like the goalie. He just wasn't good enough to play anything else, and they just threw him in the net. That's why it's bullshit. Like, I could believe that Adam Banks and Charlie, and even the Bash brothers to an extent, could make, like, an, a youth Olympic-level roster. There's no way Goldberg is your starting goalie like yeah, anywhere, yeah. and it makes sense here that they bench him. Out of all the kids in the country, they didn't, they <laughs> wouldn't have picked Goldberg. That's for sure. And I love how, like in, in the first one, he's like, "Oh, I'm only the goalie for like a month. I'm going back to Philly." Yeah, never goes back. Yeah, to he Philly. never goes back. <laughs> oh man. So I mean, I don't know what you want to talk about on this one. Do you have any uh, favorite scenes or any any moments? Um, one of my favorite scenes is when Goldberg. Being the doofus that he is, is is flying down the hill on his rollerblades, and Charlie's <laughs> trying to save him. I, I took notes in this scene because I said, like, this is such a '90s scene. Yeah. Re- remember, I I know not dissing you. I know you still rollerblade and stuff. Oh yeah, but rollerblading's not as big as it used no, to be. No, but in the '90s, it was like everyone did it. Like there used to be the brand rollerblade. Yes. I don't I don't think it exists anymore. <laughs> like the roller rink you went and you rollerbladed at the roller rink. Yeah. You didn't you didn't skate. You, you can rollerbladed. I don't think you could find roller rinks very Nah. Much. I mean I would like them because I, I would like to skate and like the old fashioned music. But no, this was like like rollerblading was cool. Like you did like grinds on like the bicycle thing. Were you a big rollerblader? I mean you are now but were you like a trick guy? No, I never did any tricks. I just I just skated. This was the era, though, of, like, the X Games. Yeah, everything was extreme, extreme back then. Extreme, yeah, people, everything was extreme. People had the soap shoes where you <laughs> oh, could slide soaps. around on the, the sole of the shoe. Soaps. I, I forgot about soap. I never owned a pair. My mom never got me the Genkos or the soaps, so I didn't, oh, I didn't the have jeans. the cool kid stuff as it, yeah, growing up. Yeah, soaps but. were, like... The shit. Like, I never got them either, because my mom was like, you're going to break your head. But they had, like, the... I don't know, were they popular around the country? I'm going to have to look that up. They, they certainly were popular around uh, us. I know at, at our school, they were popular. Yeah. I, I don't know about the rest of the world. I don't... They had, like, what, like a soft... 
not soft, like a slippery sole kind it of was, thing? Yeah, it was like basically a, a waxed piece of plastic <laughs> in the middle of the shoe, and, and you could do grinds on railings yeah, and grind on your curbs. Yeah, you jeans. Yeah. <laughs> so silly, so silly. No, but this is, that's such a very 90s scene. Oh, before we get into other scenes, I wrote some things down, like some trivia that I found. The teacher in this film is the same actor as the principal in the first film. And that's not the only repeat. There was like five or six people that were in all three films. Which is weird, because these films are coming out close together. You want to maintain some continuity? Yeah, I guess they just felt that nobody would care. <laughs> nobody remembers they that. They didn't think the podcasts would come out and that like loser people yeah like we'd, be we'd be dissecting, dissecting it. these movies it was just about like the money for them but you know it's another funny one that, that you're not gonna believe the goalie in this he's on iceland right yes he's gunner stall from iceland. i knew i knew he looked familiar <laughs> i knew he looked familiar why though why repeat actors i, I didn't know that but I, I i i knew his face i haven't seen the second one in a little bit but i could tell that I maybe didn't... he got a scholarship yeah he just switched positions <laughs> he got he got sick of wolf the dentist stanton and he had to uh, switch teams oh man so a- any other scenes stuck out to you uh you know uh probably where they freeze the shirts, the jerseys. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes. So there's like a lot of back and forth pranks between the varsity team and the regular team in this, or JV and varsity in this film, and it's like a tit for tat kind of thing until they freaking say, "Let's get what is it like liquid nitrogen, liquid ni- nitrogen, yeah, and bring it in and freeze their all their jerseys in their their locker." Room. Well, they they started it off by. Throwing all the ducks' clothes in the shower when they when they play their first game and they yeah, turn the shower dick. on. Yeah, but that's a regular prank. Yeah, you can, anybody you can, is capable of doing that. You like wash your clothes. I mean, uh, dry them out. You don't need to wash them. You just dry them out. <laughs> you know, this guy, these guys went and froze their clothes till they shattered. And they're like, "Oh, we got this from the science lab." There's no way you can just get like a thing of liquid nitrogen. Yeah, they, they're just breaking into places and stealing liquid nitrogen. You know. <laughs> It's a little ridiculous. Imagine writing this script. Like, oh, how, how can we top that? Let's freeze their jerseys so that they crack on impact. <laughs> another uh, another prank with the ants. They take the ants. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So at the beginning, they set it up where, like, the new dean is like, oh, ants work as a team. I have them in my office. And he shows, like, the whole thing of ants. And even then, I, I so I just saw, I maybe saw this movie twice in my life. And I had not seen it in... More than a decade. More than a decade. And, like, high school is probably the last time I saw it. If that, probably more likely middle school. And when I was watching this now, I'm like, yeah, they're only showing these ants because someone's getting ants in their, like, bed or something. And I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's not like, like Home Alone, right? Those are, like, classic pranks as a kid. These pranks are not that good. Yeah, they're, they're not great. They're not great. So one of the big plot points here that I did find interesting and a little bit ahead of its time was uh, so the it's Eden Hall. We should describe the school. It's it's like a, a big prep school. Um, definitely a lot of rich kids go. All the ducks get scholarships to go here, which is I think kind of silly. Like they cut an entire JV team. Well, that that's part of why the. The varsity guys don't like him because he cut his brother. Yeah, yeah, the main varsity guy is like, 
you cut my brother. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's like, the brother, like, he doesn't have a scholarship anymore, because they, they had, the, like, all the ducks who are apparently, like, kind of like celebrities. Yeah, they had to bring in this, this sideshow act, and now his brother's got nowhere to play. So I get where he, why he's mad, but we, we, so we have it on in the background, and we were pointing this out before we recorded. There, there are not enough people for a full team. They did not get enough ducks back for a full team. You didn't have to cut everyone on the JV team. Yeah, you could have kept some of them. The best guys could have been on the team, but... Nope. It's Keenan who says he gets dropped to the third line, and there's no way there's enough to field to people to field a third line. Yeah, you need 12 forwards and 6 defensemen. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an exact count on them, but there's definitely not 18 of them. Oh, so what I was going to say was they one of the big plot points here, I think it should have been focused on more, is that they're called the Eden Hall Warriors, and they have like a like an Indian like Native American guy in a headdress as like their logo. You know, similar to a lot of other sports logos. And Charlie like develops a crush and I wanna freaking get into Charlie. But he develops a crush on one of the girls at the school and she's like, Oh, you're a jock but she's trying to like get rid of that their name um and change it. But the, I don't think that was like not really an issue in the in the nineties as as so much as it is today. Yeah, she's a little ahead of her time, you know, so I went to St. John's, and we originally were called the Red Men, and they changed it to the Red Storm. But I kind of get why they switched that. Red Men is like... It's a little racist. It's like saying, like, the Black Men, or like the... Yeah. The, you know, like the, the, if the they were Asian, men. the Yellow Men, or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I got that, but, like, Warriors... That's that's pretty. Like, it's kind of it's like the Blackhawks. Like people respect that name in hockey. You know. Yeah. Actually, their logo is very similar to kind of like the Blackhawks logo. Yeah. So she wants to get rid of that, and I think again, this is what a progressive plot point. It's just very interesting, and they're all about still being the Ducks. And I know we're not talking about D2 here, but even as a kid, what bothered me a little bit about D2 was that they're representing Team USA, and they just can't beat Iceland, and they take their freaking country's colors off and put freaking Ducks uniforms on. Yeah, they, they really need to let the Duck thing go. <laughs> duck above all in this film, or in this series, I'll say. And it kind of leads to what I'm going to say about freaking Charlie. So one of the big plot points of this movie, and the reason... Well, the on-screen reason why Emilio Estevez isn't featured a lot is that he got a job with the Goodwill Games, like, finding and recruiting players, and he can't coach the team. And Charlie has a hissy fit. Yeah, he, he's, he expects Coach Bombay to coach him forever. It's, you got to grow up at some point, Charlie, you know? Jesus Christ. Like, seriously. He's going to be your coach for life? He's going to, like, coach you as, like, a 35-year-old? Yeah. It's uh, put the ring on her finger to put a baby in her. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't know. No, it's funny because just back to Bombay, like at the like in the first movie, he's got like the hots for Charlie's mom, and I think they kind of get together. Yeah, they do. They go on some dates. Uh, it's a little weird. Yeah, it, I, I think uh, Gordon Bombay's Charlie's lost father figure because he doesn't have a dad in the movie. But in the second one, is she even in it? No, she's not in it. I don't. And I think they even imply that she like got remarried. And he he Bombay gets a new girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her name's McGee, Mrs. McGee. Yeah, yeah. Um, the teacher. So. And then in this one. But she's back in this one. She is D- in D three. She's in the movie. Yeah. 
When is she, where is she? She's at the start of the movie. She's in. She. Uh, they have her waitressing in the movie. Oh, 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 oh! Charlie's mom. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, not Mrs. McGee. McGee. I'm like, where no. the hell is she? I didn't no, see her. No, yeah, no. Charlie's mom's back. She was. She was a one-hit wonder in uh, D2. She's not back. Yeah, Charlie's mom is back, and she's in like the same place. And I guess it's not awkward with Gordon. They yeah, seem to be she, like friends. <laughs> they they split amicably. I guess so. so. Uh, but Charlie needs to get over it, and he's got an attitude during this entire film. And I- the ducks are dead. You're breaking up the best thing any of us ever had. It's time to grow up. And I read a funny fact. Apparently, Joshua Jackson was sick of playing Charlie, and he used like his anger for playing Charlie in the role. Like he he's like, let me channel this, because he's like a pissed off kid the entire time. So the big thing here is that they get a new coach and. The coach doesn't want to make him captain. He wants him to earn his captaincy, which I totally get. New coach, new team. They're not the Ducks anymore. Yeah, you, you kind of got to earn it. It's its not the same team. It's different if it was a hockey team. The coach could take the captaincy away any time, but you know, he, he, he definitely needed to earn it, and he just expected to be the captain. And, and when he didn't get it, he, he threw a childlike hissy fit like <laughs> he does the whole entire movie. <laughs> Charlie is maybe, though, like a representation of us sometimes. So is this movie, because we're fighting because we like the Ducks. We really don't like the Warriors anyway. But then it's like, as an adult now, I watch and I'm like, just grow up, guys. Yeah, it's not really up to him what the team's name is. And <laughs> you can't make a school change their team name because that was the name of your team when but you But spoiler up. alert, they do. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> Coach Orion. So there's like, he's the new coach, and he's kind of a jerk, but not really. Because Gordon was just the same, almost, but worse. I would say this coach is better than Gordon. They, they, nobody liked Gordon Bombay at first either, you know. He had, they had to break him in, but nobody wants to give Orion a chance. <laughs> he's, he's funny because his whole thing is like, oh, he's mysterious. He played for the North Stars, but, but randomly left. And then we learn later in the movie it's because like his daughter is like, either paralyzed or like yeah she got in a, a car accident and he didn't want to interrupt her treatment so he, he uh when the, the stars moved to dallas he didn't go with them he wanted to stay in minnesota makes him a nice guy like yeah. that's like the big reveal oh okay you know that, that's that's when charlie turned himself around in the movie it's like yeah well you know the, on the other hand you don't always need like a reason like that, Charlie, like to be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, he kind of he could have just grown up without uh, finding that out. But you know, he's... how do you feel as a hockey player and hockey fan in uh, Coach Orion's tactics, if you will, his game planning? He's defensive first coach. How long does it take to score a goal? Less than a second. That means no lead is safe if you can't play defense. Now get this straight. I don't give a damn how many goals you score. I want one number on your mind. Zero. As in shutout. You got that? Well, yeah, defense wins championships. That's that's more of a, a football saying, I'd say. But you got to have a solid defense. All the best Rangers teams over the past decade were defense first teams. I feel like that's more of like a Tortorella thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like Tortorella. Like shots. Yeah. He put he he would have everybody putting themselves in front of pucks. <laughs> <laughs> this guy this guy has a Tortorella feel. 
Maybe Tortorella has like a like a daughter. Or, I hope not. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, hopefully not. <laughs> I think he like Tortorella. Sorry, John Tortorella, former Rangers coach. He's the coach. I don't of think he. Now. I don't think he has kids. He he loves dogs. I was gonna actually. say, didn't he like? He, he does like dog walks. Didn't and, he like, leave like a road trip because the dog was in the hospital? It sounds like something, something he would like do. That. He's very. He's a very big dog lover. Well, cool. Good for him. Yeah, you you wouldn't expect that. Seeing no, how crazy like he goes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, Orion. Um, what's his big? It's funny because Gordon in the first one it was the eggs, right? Yeah, uh, the soft hands, concentration, not strength. <laughs> yes, see, you know it. The second one was there any element like that? I don't think so. I think they were they were pretty much ready to play. They they definitely had to come over something. Yeah, and they had to like recruit new players and stuff. Yeah, That's I how think... they got Keenan. And but in this one, it's the garbage. Yeah, they had to clear the garbage. No easy goals. Clearing out the garbage in front of the net. How do you feel about that training technique? Uh, he he could have used hockey pucks instead of actual trash, but <laughs> you know it's a good idea. You don't you don't want to let up easy goals. You know a lot of a lot of easy goals with rebounds. So this is like he's I don't know this actor as we said, but he's not he honestly doesn't come off as a bad coach. He actually seems like he's he'd be a better coach than Gordon. I think so. Yeah. Gordon gets well. First of all, on the first one, he has a freaking DUI, and he's like forced to do this. But he he finds his heart, and everything goes well. So fine. And I love the first one. The second one, he like the celebrity gets like a little too much for him. Yeah, he uh, he gets really into the Hendrix. Uh, they play Mr. Big Stuff song. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he starts wearing suits and stuff. That that was part of the problem in that movie. He goes out with the Iceland girl. He's he's just he's just losing his roots. <laughs> but this guy seems like the best coach. Be- between Gordon and him, Orion, he's just like not as interesting. He, you know, he just uh, he he goes hard on the kids. He's trying to make them grow up. Gordon's coaching a bunch of little kids. This guy's trying to turn them into men. So some other notes I have on this film is <laughs> when Charlie's talking to that like the girl, the girl he's interested in, the the really like cutesy, not like you know what I mean. She's like, oh, I'm into protests and stuff. He's like, oh, what are you into? She's like, you know, music. He's like, me too. What are you into? She's like, Pantera. And then he's like, me too. Now you try. I'm Linda. I don't like it here either. And pizza? I like pizza. Music? Of course I like music. I like Pantera. No way. I love Pantera. She does not seem like a Pantera fan. I've got more friends like you. What do I do? Is there no standard anymore? What it takes, who I am, where I've been below. No, she's definitely not a Pantera fan. She would probably <laughs> like Dave Matthews' band. For you, for me, come crashing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah some, some like granola, earthy kind of thing. Yeah, like or like a jam band. When she said Pantera, I was like, "That is okay." <laughs> That's yeah, surprising. They, they they just picked anything. I, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they were going with that one, but that was definitely not good writing. <laughs> Charlie has like a, a Kurt Cobain feel. He's wearing like flannels yeah, the whole time. He's got the plaids. Yeah, <laughs> it's very nineties. Doesn't I don't know. I mean, he maybe he's. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Charlie would be into Pantera? I could see it. I, him, <laughs> definitely angst. more than her. Yes. <laughs> Are you a Pantera fan? No, I'm not a huge Pantera fan. I respect what they do, but 
I've never really listened to much of their music. I don't know enough of Pantera, but I'm pretty sure that girl would not be a Pantera fan. It just doesn't no, seem no, like no it. No, no way. <laughs> Pantera fans like like circle pits and punching people in the face. She's trying to get rid of uh, like offensive names. So definitely not a Pantera fan. I mean, Pantera fans, please comment if you disagree with our assessment, if that girl would be a Pantera fan. I do like how they maintain in the entire series how good Banks is. Yeah, he's the he's the Wayne Gretzky of the team. And he, you know what? That's funny you say that because he has all that Wayne Gretzky vibe, like like kind of quiet. He's not that big. Yeah, like he he's definitely and he wears number ninety nine like Gretzky. Oh. When he's on the Hawks, he's number nine. But when he goes to the Ducks, he becomes ninety nine. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that, that's cool. That you picked that up. That's cool. <laughs> You know, Banks is like the like. If anyone has a chance at the NHL, it's definitely Banks. Probably only Banks. Yeah, pretty much only Banks. I, I don't, I don't see the rest of that team making it. But even Charlie let's Conway, he's got the heart, but he just doesn't have the skill. No, Averman's certainly not making. No, it. he's he's not, he doesn't have a chance. By the way, this is the and I looked this up because I wanted to check. This is the only film where, where Averman scores a goal. Oh, yeah? So now that I'm on, like, Team Averman because he's me, I was very happy about it. That's good, yeah. He deserves <laughs> one. Three yeah. movies, you better get one goal. For sure. Oh, another element here, like, we, we talked about Hans. Hans dies in this one. Yeah, it brings the team together, though. It, it's unfortunate that he had to die to bring them together. It's funny, cause, though, I feel like he died twice, because I thought, I thought he died in D2, and that's why his brother was Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense why he's not in it, and his brother just appears out of nowhere, with no mention of him in the first one. And we're supposed to, like, care, too, like, about his brother. Um, the Hans's death, just your typical, like, movie death, it also brings Gordon back. And Gordon kind of... Gordon kind of uh, saves the day. He becomes lawyer Gordon again. Yeah, they when they try to re uh, they they have to get reinstated. Yeah, they're gonna take away all their um, all their scholarships and kick him out of the school. I mean, they can still pay their way to the school, but you know they're not gonna freaking they're not gonna freaking be able to afford it. Charlie's mom works at a diner. Do I have a motion for reconsideration? I'm sorry, Coach, but unless there is a motion from a board member and a second, the decision must stand. You leave us no choice but to bring in our attorney. Dean Buckley, members of the board, as counsel for Coach Orion and the freshman hockey team, I'm here today to set forth your legal options so that you may make the best possible decision for all parties concerned. Mr. Bombay, this isn't a legal proceeding. Not yet, but I can assure you that it will be. Do you mind? These scholarships, an offer, became a binding contract upon the signatures of the recipients, an acceptance by the ducks they cannot be voided except for cause, which I guarantee you, you have none. Should you decide to pursue their cancellation, I will slap you with an injunction. I will tie this matter up in court for years, until long after these kids have gone on to college. And I will collect damages. I will win. Because I am very, very good. You know why I'm so good? Because I had a good education. 
You gave it to me. And you're going to give it to these kids. He is gay. Just getting started. Now, some of you may be snobbish enough to believe that these ducks don't belong in Eden Hall. But let me tell you, you are dead wrong. These are remarkable young people. You give them their full shot, and I promise you they will succeed, not only on the ice, but in the classrooms as well. These people are my friends, and I know what they can do. Accordingly, I demand that you reinstate their scholarships for their benefit and for your own. Scholarships be reinstated. Is there a second? All in favor? We have no choice. Scholarships reinstated. <laughs> So they're losing their hockey scholarships. Gordon uses his dirty lawyer tricks to get them <laughs> still in. I love too though, like that in this like lawyer meeting, the Ducks are there and the varsity team. Yeah, they're they're just hoping that the the Ducks get kicked out. It's it's <laughs> like let me watch them. They could have just stayed home. They didn't need to be there. A couple other notes I have. As speaking as a Latino. I'm not sure if I'm offended or not. I'm not offended, but I think maybe part of me needs to be with like Mendoza's portrayal as just like a horny kid here. <laughs> like, he tries to get with the cheerleaders, which is fine. It doesn't work. He doesn't want to get beat up. But I don't know. Did you catch that scene where he's like under the table? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's under the table trying to look up their skirts. And then he gives the camera a funny look like... <laughs> He breaks the freaking fourth wall. <laughs> he looks at us like, yeah. Definitely China. not appropriate. Definitely not appropriate. <laughs> that would it. not be in a kid's movie. Too. No, not these days. That w- There's no... They, they would rip that movie out of the theaters in a second if he did that. Oh, okay. So, sorry. Sorry for throwing all these facts at you, so I'm just, like, reading my uh, thing. But the coach of the varsity team in this... He's a referee in the previous two movies. That was another person. Wow. That was going to mention that they reused. I, I did not recognize him. I mean, I, why uh, would you? But, like, come on. I, I'm a little upset. I'm a little upset, D3, that they reused so many people. Um, any other scenes you want to talk about before we talk about that final, I guess, the final showdown? Uh, let me see. Did we talk about the horse shit scene? Oh, no, no, no. It's one of the pranks. And I love there's like a poop thing in the first one with the wallet. Hey, that kid's not in it, right? Yeah, he's not in it. Yeah. What's his name? I don't remember. The short the... kid. Yeah, he was a big part of the first one. Yeah. He he was just a little jerk in yeah. the first one. I can't <laughs> is remember. Is he in the his second name, one, though. even? No, he's not in the second oh, one. I got to look up who that kid is. He's not in it. But yeah, in the first one, it's like they put poop, or they put a dollar in a wallet, and they put like dog. Yeah, poop. they feed the dog chili, and they, they collect his poop. 
and then uh, they prank some guy into picking it up, and then he chases them, and then he gets hit in the nuts. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so basically in D3, the poop thing is a little bit different. Um, the redheaded guy from Walking Dead, I forget his name here, but he keeps bullying Ken Wu like every day and stealing his lunch, so... I guess there's, like, horses around the campus because it's, like, a prep school, and they just basically take horse poop, pretend it's a brownie, and one day he opens Ken Wu's lunch, and it's poop. Well, that's what he gets for taking the Asian guy's lunch every day. (laughs) What was Ken Wu in D2? What was his... What was he brought... Oh, because he was a Olympic figure skater that they convinced to do hockey, yeah. Which is... They do that in D1, not Olympic level, but... No, um... Danny Tamberelli's sister, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I, I, we could talk about that scene where Goldberg gets Julie the Cat sick. Yeah, Goldberg decides that he's going to get his job back because uh, Aberman gives him the idea. Instigator if he, Aberman. If he gets her to put on some weight, that she'll be slow like Goldberg. So Goldberg <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the line is something along the lines of, like, you know, they're, they're talking about, like, how she's in better shape, and it's like, y- she has better luck gaining 10 pounds or something than you losing 10 pounds, or something along the lines like that. Yeah, she so she starts taking advice on a diet from the fat goalie, <laughs> and uh, she just doesn't work out so well. He's, he's feeding her pastries every day and just filling her up with desserts to get her sick and slow. <laughs> yeah, she just, like, throws up. During practice, but then like that's the end of that plot line, and because she's, she's... Think the coach makes a joke about her being like a cat, like puking up hairballs oh. or something like. That. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so stupid. It's like, what are you puking up a hairball? Something along the lines like it, that. You call it like, oh, what happened to the cat? Something. I don't know. <laughs> so let's just get quickly to this final game. Let's let's breeze through it. It's long, but it's it doesn't feel as like grand as the other final games. You know what I'm saying? Like well, in the in the other series? Yeah, the, this movie was the whole movie was about defense and the the two term the underlying themes, I mean, were growing up and playing defense. <laughs> two, those two things are not fun, so it's time to them become adults and play some defense. It's true, it's true. Like defense is like not a sexy thing. No, I played last night and and nobody ever wants to play defense, so I'll play sometimes, but I'm not a defenseman. But it's a thankless job, and Coach O'Ryan loves the defense, and it's like a 0-0 game, right? Or like a 1-1 game? I don't remember what it is. It's a 0-0 going into the third. And two big things for fans of the series happen, I think, in this game. And no, not that like whiny kid from The Nanny who is the broadcaster here who gets to meet Paul Correa. Oh, he's on The Nanny? Yeah, he's one of like the kids in The Nanny. I just realized that. I didn't know that. <laughs> But uh, one is the return of Dean Portman. I wonder why he didn't like come back for the whole movie. Just this. Dean's an expensive actor, I think. Uh, I, I guess so. But he he comes in. He kind of like lights a fire, but he gets like a penalty minute. Penalty yeah, minutes. He, he's like a real life enforcer. Yeah. Like, they come in. They they get the team riled up. You know, ready to go. He does. Uh, he gets a penalty. Does a strip dance. Yeah, he does an underage strip dance. Gets for, the ladies like, excited. The, all the moms in the audience. They seem to like it, and it's a little weird. But again, we know the actor's not underage, so it's not as weird. Because I mean, he's ripped. 
that guy. So. Yeah, he's like a 25-year-old man. At the very least, yes. And then the other big thing is uh, Goldberg's used as a skater. Yeah, Goldberg, uh, he finds a new position. He starts playing defense. He's just a big pylon in everybody's way. <laughs> and he becomes the third Bash brother. And he's bigger than Fulton at this point. I mean, he was always fatter than Fulton. But I think Fulton was taller than him in the first one, or at least... Yeah, Fulton was the big guy in the first one, but he didn't grow much through the next two movies. <laughs> so we have the final, the final game, and... Goldberg scores the winning goal. How do you feel about that? You know, you have Charlie, you have Banks, you have... I mean, even Mendoza isn't utilized as much in this film, but it's Goldberg who scores. I think it's a good thing, because Goldberg doesn't get much shine in any of the movies. Like, basically, he's always been a liability. (laughs) He's always falling over, he can't get up. You know, he finally has his moment. Even though he looks like a doofus during his moment, but he he puts it in, he, he wins the game for him. Yay! I think the bigger deal about like this game though is Gordon Bombay already like guaranteed that they have spots in the school, so it becomes like kind of Warriors or Ducks who's gonna like take over the school. I don't want to say mascot, but just like the logo and stuff. And it's so weird because when the Ducks win, they like unveil this banner that it's the Ducks logo, but it's yellow and red, like the the school's colors. I mean, it looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But like they had it so ready and everyone's like, yay, and they clap and it's okay. There was not going to be like a vote on that. These people were so like political before about deciding things. And suddenly it's okay for every team in the school to be called the Ducks. Yeah, you know, one hockey game, one win, and uh, they throw away the whole school's history. <laughs> Not even a real game. It's just a freaking scrimmage that is somehow sold out. That I understand. But it's, I mean, Linda, Charlie's like love interest, I think her name is Linda, she's happy because she didn't like the Warriors logo anyway. And it's fine. Ducks are ducks are cool. I, I like the Ducks thing, but I find it weird that like the volleyball team now has to use a logo with a, a goalie mask and two hockey sticks behind it. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but hey, it's all about the ducks. You know? <laughs> all about the ducks. Even though the whole movie was telling us to grow up, and it's not about the ducks. Yeah, they couldn't get past being ducks. Nope. Ducks will be ducks. That's true. So it's about that time when we rate the film. So I always rate on a scale of 1 to 5. In this, I was thinking of maybe doing 5 flying Vs, but I, a little too complicated. I don't even think they use the flying V in this one. If they do, it's just briefly. I think they use it in the scrimmage game. I, I might be wrong. Oh. I think that's it. It's possible, yeah. I, I, it would be weird if they didn't use it. They just don't use it successfully, I think. Probably offsides or something. Yeah, I think they get knocked down. <laughs> I might be mixing it up with the Iceland game. <laughs> no, but I decided to... Let's do it on a scale of quacks. One quack being the worst, five quacks being the best. Because Orion originally bans the quack. But I'm pretty sure they like start quacking at the end. Because they're ducks again. So, Chris, how many quacks would you rate D3, the Mighty Ducks, and why? Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half quacks. It's not the best movie ever, but uh, I was entertained the whole movie. You know, there's not that many hockey movies out there, but Mighty Ducks is definitely a classic hockey series. And this this one, not the best, but it's definitely watchable. I think it's... 
yeah, it's definitely watchable. I think it's something if you're a fan of the series that you would like. But if you just jump into this one, you're not going to enjoy it. Like, if this is the first Mighty Ducks movie you see, you're going to think Mighty Ducks are just trash. Yeah, you're going to be confused. You're going to think they're a bunch of jerks. But, yeah. uh... <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So I'm going to give it three quacks. Three quacks. I mean, it's still that's still not bad. But I'm a fan of the series, so I get it. But anyone who wants to give this two or even one, I kind of get that too. But, look, it's harmless. I think that's the best way to put it. It's harmless. It doesn't ruin the legacy of the Mighty Ducks. It just continues a story that maybe wouldn't really matter if it was told or not, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so anything else from the Mighty Ducks or D3 that you, you want to bring up before we before we close out, before we go to bed on the slumber party? I just think it's funny that the coach gives Charlie his C back, but it's in the middle of a period. You see your shot. Take it. Make sure it counts. Go get him, Captain. Somewhat similarly, right? Like, he doesn't want anything to do with the Ducks. He's really strict. He mentions at one point he doesn't want um, them to get, like... Oh, they have to get, like, Bs and As, you know? Like, he's very, very strict about things. But he relents on that. And then he just lets Dean Portman walk in mid-game and join the team. Yeah, Dean didn't take any of those tests, and now he's playing. He's... <laughs> I don't think he even goes to the school. Oh, uh, he does go to the... Technically, he's like, I got my scholarship offer. But yeah, like... he signed the papers. He was good to go. <laughs> Apparently. He jumps in the like, game. You're on the team now, despite like not him not doing the garbage drill or learning defense. No, nah, he, he didn't learn any of the life lessons that Coach was going for. You're right. You know, like, Dean, Dean had it the best in this film. He didn't have to go to school. Yeah, he just came in and enjoyed the glory. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't go through any of the the lessons and the rough coaching. He just, Speaking came. of glory, no, we are the champions. Yeah, it's I don't. It's not in the second movie. It's just that's a first movie thing. It's only the first, I thought the second one ends with that, too. Does nope. it? Like, uh, by the campfire? Oh, yeah, well, I'm not thinking of that. You're right. Like, it's in the first movie. It's in the campfire, I think, scene yeah, in the second I, movie. Not in this one. They probably didn't want to pay no, for it they're, they're not paying. <laughs> this movie, they made it on the cheap. It's pretty obvious, but... It's yeah, still, they, they, they paid mostly... We're staring at, like, the cover right now, and it's Emilio Estevez's name right there. They paid mostly for that. Yeah, so Emilio's the big draw, but... Do you remember, okay, switch. it seemed like when the NHL team Mighty Ducks came out, that they were obviously really pushing the merchandise. Like, you used to go to every, like, freaking Marshalls or, like, TJ Maxx. Yeah, you could get Mighty Ducks stuff, like, in any state. Like, <laughs> I'm not buying Arizona Coyotes jerseys in, in New Jersey. I, I feel like that team, though, the Coyotes, was, was like, something I saw more. That, remember the old Coyotes? Yeah, it, it was, looked, like, freaking, like, It looked Picasso. like a, like, kind of a, yeah, it was <laughs> pieces put together. It kind of reminded me of the Arizona Ice Tea can a little bit. Yeah, know? yeah, I guess, okay, so it did have an Arizona vibe. You, you know, I, I actually owned that jersey. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> That's a cool one. He, he's wearing, like, the half goalie mask, the Coyote, I think. Yeah. That was, that was a great jersey. <laughs> no, but like the Mighty Ducks were like one of the most that one you could find everywhere. Yeah, and they were really like marketing the hell out of the team. That's why they made Paul Correa freaking go onto this film. They said, "Hey, we own you." Basically, yeah, it's <laughs> part of part of his contract. You got to be in D three. But I don't know if you remember, like they also released the Mighty Ducks animated show. 
Yeah, I remember that show. <laughs> but they were like actual ducks. Yeah, they were like from a duck They were like crime fighters. That came to America, or yeah, I guess America, and they played hockey, but they also fought crime. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember that. I, I actually owned a shirt with that on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They were really pushing this Mighty Ducks thing. What other NHL team has like... Well, I guess it's whatever kids' movie has its own NHL team because the movie came out first, and an animated series. Uh, there, there is none. <laughs> the... That's confusing too. Like I remember being as a kid, like, oh, I'm watching the Mighty Ducks. Which one? Yeah, the team, the hockey team. Hockey team, the live action movie, or, or the, the, car- the weird post-apocalyptic animated series with the uh, giant human-like ducks. <laughs> so. Yeah, this they they uh, they definitely the whole thing's a cash grab, but I still love the Mighty Ducks team. I, I have multiple Mighty Ducks hats. They they're still getting me at thirty one years old. Did you know? Um, I think I mentioned this to you once, and I've only listened to a couple episodes, and I need to get the name of it. So let me look it up now. But there is a podcast just on the Mighty Ducks films. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's the Quack Attack. And they do hundreds of episodes on random yeah. Mighty Ducks minutia. So if you think this podcast is silly, <laughs> listen, this is just one episode, okay? Could you imagine? I'm, I'm going to look it up now. Like, episode episode 158. Why was Iceland the villain in D2? I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they're getting all the material. They, they must do a whole episode about somebody tying their skates or something. <laughs> no, they, like, they do every single thing you could ever imagine like there's a goldberg episode but there's like they they try to get like in depth i'm gonna find a really weird one for you just a really random one they talk about like the there was like novelizations so they talk about the novel just random shit what happened in the overtime after gordon compe missed the penalty shot oh that's he drops to his knees and but uh, there was clearly an overtime so it wasn't his fault because they were yeah yeah they, they never really tell you that they didn't like tie for the championship it's a chance to win the game. It's not. Uh... <laughs> That's a good point. Wow, because they like that Hawks coach is an asshole, and he really like puts yeah, it on he, Gordon. He calls him not. He's not even a has been. He's a never was. <laughs> And then if you think about it, though, like that's they had a chance to win in overtime. Clearly, yeah. And he's uh, he he has. I think he had all the Hawks records and stuff, but he. Misses one shot, and he's not a has-been. He's a never-was. <laughs> oh, and I love how he has the Hawks records, but he clearly looks like he's, like, a baby in that uniform. Yeah, he doesn't he, look the size of, He like... doesn't look the same age as the kids, the Hawks kids in the movie. <laughs> That's not, not even Yet close. Yeah, he has all the records. Okay, last random podcast one, I'll find you. <laughs> they they do hilarious things. They say, episode 141, Adam Ban- Banks transitions from Mighty Ducks to a Playmakers-esque spinoff. Like they make up like a, <laughs> uh, so they're making up shows. Yeah. Oh wow, they got the D three director to, to guest star on it. I mean, I, I, like I said, he didn't have any credits, but he actually did an episode. Well, I mean, if you do a hundred and something episodes of this, you're gonna get a little bit famous. You're gonna get some guests. I don't think. I think he only directed this one. Yeah, he only directed. This I think one, Stephen yeah. Brill did the other two. Yeah, and he I, plays a carny in this in D three. 
Oh, the director. Yeah. Oh, really? Where he, did I know? Oh, yeah. He's in. He's from. He's in the Wedding Singer too. He's like Glenn. Yes, friend. I, I didn't realize that's the director. That's of Stephen this? Brill. Yeah. He's no, I knew who he was because he's in the first one as like the lawyer friend, right? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. Wow. How about this one? How exactly did Gordon Bombay become the Junior Goodwill Games coach? <laughs> like, you know, like no one knows the answer to that. Mighty Ducks spinoffs. This time involving Ted O'Ryan and the Hawks. So they make up fake movies. Oh, so wow. shout out to the Quack Attack. That seems like it's a... I mean, good for them. I'm going to have to check it out. Good for them. We, we're kind of like tongue-in-cheek laughing at it, but I bet you I'm going to listen to like five oh, episodes. Oh, yeah. I'm, like... I'm, I'll probably become a subscriber after this. So. <laughs> so again, we love you, Quack Attack. Shout out to them. All the love. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. Thanks for having me on. We'll have you on again for sure. Th- thanks for coming to the slumber party, I should say. Where can people find you if they want to find you? Instagram or? Uh, you could look me up on Instagram, Krastofa. It's like, you spell oh, like yeah. Chris, C-H-R-A-S-T-O-P-H-A. Because you're like a crass. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Cake Eaters. That's our show this week. Big thanks to Chris Carroll for joining us. By the way, just fact check, 2007, that's when the Ducks won the Stanley Cup. Also, congrats to the Washington Capitals, who took the Cup this year. And a big congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights, too. Big year for a first, you know, uh, expansion team like that. Also, big thank you to Mike Manzi, not for winning the Stanley Cup, but for popping in earlier. That was a nice surprise. Oh, and don't think I forgot your homework assignment from last week, the QSAC embargo. It still continues, and it's going to stay on the board. This is kind of like a goodwill hunting problem. Like, it's going to stay there until some genius solves it and solves how to get John Cusack not to block us. Your other assignment, study, prepare for next week's episode, where I bring a very big guest in, and we write a very big wrong. Cage Club co-founder Joey Lewandowski will stop by, and we're going to talk about a newer film that got a great buzz, a lot of... Uh, a lot of positive feedback. The Edge of Seventeen. Can't wait to talk about that one. Hey. Busy. I don't want to take up a ton of your time, but I'm going to kill myself. I just thought that an adult should know. Wow. I wish I knew what to say. You know, actually, I was writing my own suicide note just now. As some of you know, I have 32 fleeting minutes of happiness during lunch, which has been eaten up again and again by the same especially badly dressed student. And I finally thought I would rather have the dark nothingness. Have a nice life without me, fuckers. There are two types of people in the world. The people who radiate confidence and naturally excel at life. Golden boy. What's up? And the people who hope all those people die in a big explosion. Look at that stupid shirt my brother's wearing. It screams I have a body complex worse than a girl's. When I was 13, it was clear which side of the equation I was on. Oh my God, I knew it. It's really just the hair. You can grow it out. Are you even up there? But that's what best friends are for. Oh my God, Nick is like right there. God, Juby made him so hot. And I had Krista. Krista! Oh my god! What the fuck? 
Seriously? My brother? Think about how shitty this is for me. I can't help how I feel. What if I liked your dad? What if I gave your dad a hand job? God. Oh, Louis, why you look so hot with that belt phone. Ew. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Chris, you're home early. I'm not even going to respond to that. You turn into a completely different person. You actually love being part of that exclusive little group. I'm having a problem today, Nadine. Several. I don't really have any friends at the moment. Why don't you try being positive? Mom, you always say the same thing. I'm gonna write down the next thing you're gonna say to me. I'm not playing your little games, Nadine. Congratulations. You have all the answers, don't you? No. Which is why I wish I had a mother who would notice. When I was younger, so much younger than today. Your brother invited me to a party on Friday, and I want you to come with us. What did I do to make such a perfect kid, huh? And now these days have gone. I'm not so self-assured. Don't be awkward. Socialize. I need somebody. Hey, you're Jerry and Franklin's sister. Yeah. What's that movie that's got Arnold Schwarzenegger and that short bald guy? They play twin brothers? Only Arnold's all tall and buff. All right, my other guy's like little and funny looking. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, twins. Yes. Great movie. You and your brother kind of remind me of that. Help me if you can. I'm feeling down. Life isn't fair sometimes, Nadine, okay? You got to get over it. My life isn't perfect either. The one person who makes me happy, I can't have without completely destroying you. Life's about taking risks. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Nick, I like you. And I just want to be with you. I want you to put your mouth on my tits. We can do it in the Petland stock room. Nadine. can't send this. No, 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 no. Oh my God, no. Oh, yeah. This isn't so bad. I just want to be with you. I want you to put your mouth on my tits. I want to feel you inside. God, you can do it in the Petman stock room. Oh my God, say something, please help me. You need to watch out for run-on sentences. Speaking of Cage Club, you can find this show and many other great shows on the Cage Club podcast network at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Remember to listen to us on whatever place you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and the Insta. And be ready for next week's party. Time to hit the hay. I leave you with a theme song to the animated Mighty Ducks series that Chris and I talked about before. It's pretty epic. Later, dudes. On the road to glory Ain't no turning back Got to be the Mighty Ducks On the Look out, clear the way Here come the mighty ducks
still here? It's over. Go home. Go.